Read to Lead Podcast, Episode 5. Hey there, this is John Lee Dumas, host of the Entrepreneur on Fire Podcast, and you're listening to the Read to Lead Podcast with my good buddy, Jeff Brown. Boom. It's not about, hey, are you better at marketing than the guys that sell the same stuff as you? It's about, are you more interesting to me than my own wife? Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. If this podcast has a worldview, it is this. Intentional and consistent reading is key to success in business and in life. My goal each week is to bring you key thoughts and insights from those I consider to be among today's brightest minds, our generation's nonfiction authors, of course. Uh, we discuss each author's latest book as well as their unique perspectives on leadership, business, personal development, marketing, career, and entrepreneurship. If you love reading or desire to do more of it, then consider this podcast your audio Cliff's Notes. If you happen to be struggling right now with some marketing issues, I think you'll particularly appreciate uh, today's episode. Jay has a new book out about marketing the helpful way versus the megaphone bullhorn kind of way. It's refreshing, and I think you're really going to like the conversation. That's coming up next. First, I want to tell you about our sponsor. That is Get Abstract. You've probably heard me mention them before. They do five-page book summaries of virtually every new business book that comes out. When you sign up for an annual membership, you have access to 50-plus summaries a month. If you prefer audio, they do those as well, about eight to ten minutes in length. I find it very, very useful, and I think you will too, and that's why we recommend them here on the show. It's uh, Get Abstract, and you can find out more about Get Abstract book summaries just by going to readtoleadpodcast.com slash summary. Jay Bear is the hype-free digital marketing strategist. He's a speaker and author, founded Convince and Convert uh, five years ago. It's the fifth marketing services firm uh, he started or managed because he, I guess, sold all the others for mounds of cash, right, Jay? <laughs> yeah, mounds of cash, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jay has consulted uh, with more than 700 companies on digital marketing since 1994, including 29 of the Fortune 500. He was named America's top social media consultant, or one of them, by Fast Company Magazine. And the Convince and Convert Convert blog is ranked as the world's number one content marketing resource. Now, we're going to talk about the second book he's written, the first of which came out a couple of years ago, The Now Revolution. Uh, the latest book is Utility, Y-O-Utility, and was released on June 27th. Utility, smart marketing is about help and not hype. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I appreciate your time uh, and the opportunity to talk a little bit about utility. Well, I know you've been there a few years now, but I have to ask, since it's my home state, how has uh, Indiana been treating you? Oh, fantastic. We love it. I, I haven't been here too long. It's almost... Uh Coming up on three years, okay. had a, a great experience here. It was a little strange. We moved from Arizona, which is a big, a big change, of course, but it has turned out uh, to be everything that we had wanted it to be. Now, I know uh, some friends of yours and a client is Exact Target. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens my brother is a vice president with Exact Target. Oh, is that right? Yeah. In what, in what uh, group? Uh, I think it's the Interactive Marketing Hub, oh, I believe. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's his name? His name is Darren, Darren Brown. I have met Darren Brown, as a matter of fact. Awesome. Well, don't hold that against me. <laughs> I, will not. I will see him, I'm sure, uh, this fall at their big uh, conference in Indianapolis called Connections. 
Well, if you would, share with the Read to Lead Nation the origin story uh, behind Convince and Convert. I had a previous digital marketing agency called Mighty Interactive that I started uh, in uh, the mid-2000s and sold it to a larger marketing services firm in the greater Phoenix area off Madison Ave. And I helped uh, manage off Madison Ave uh, for a few years until my agreement expired. Um, and my plan actually, Jeff, at that point was to go into education, was to was to teach uh, at a university and talk about digital marketing and things like that. But these simultaneous uh, stock market and real estate market collapses put that dream on hold. Mm. Uh, and so I decided to uh, get back up on the horse and ride, as they say, and started <laughs> Uh, started Convince and Convert. Um, the reason the company is called Convince and Convert is that the original plan was to do conversion rate optimization. I was doing a lot of that kind of work previously, uh, uh, landing pages and email optimization and and uh, you know lead generation and things like that. So that was uh, why it was called that. And that was the original plan. But I started off doing that. And then uh, I took an interest in social media and had been working in social for a little while. And I started writing more about social media on my blog. And every time I wrote about social media, uh, I got like 400% more website traffic than when I didn't. And I said, well, uh, that seems to me to be a sign. So I, <laughs> I pivoted the company, as they say, in business school and, uh, uh, and got into uh, social media and uh, content marketing strategy consulting. And that's what we do to this day. Well, I'm really enjoying uh, your new book, Utility. Uh, and one thing I wanted to touch on that you talk about today, we hear from a lot of experts, uh, many of whom I respect. Uh, things like uh, be remarkable, or as you say, sort of tongue-in-cheek, uh, just be amazing and you'll go viral. Uh, in utility, though, you talk about how that's really more of a hope than a strategy. Can you expound on that a little bit? Sure. And it is a pretty common um, line of, of recommendations, right? That, that the key to success in business is to just be amazing. And while there are certainly manifest examples of amazing companies that are doing great things, Zappos and people along those lines, I don't find it to be very good advice because your company probably isn't amazing, uh, <laughs> and it's not going to be amazing. It's it's a it's a bar that can't be cleared, uh, and. I feel like you're much better off taking a different approach that I lay out in the book, which is to just be useful. That if you are truly and inherently useful and you focus on that, uh, then good things uh, will come if you, if you continue to execute on that plan. Share, if you would, an example of a company that has put the principles you talk about in utility to work and in the results that they've seen uh, from their efforts. One of my favorite examples, and it's actually chronicled in the foreword uh, to the book, uh, is River Pools and Spas. And River Pools and Spas is an installer of in-ground fiberglass swimming pools out of Virginia. And about three years ago, they they almost lost the company. You may remember, Jeff, that... Mm. In 2009 or so, what we did not do was sit around the kitchen table and say, geez, we don't have any money for groceries. We should go buy a pool. That was not really, <laughs> not really the common uh, situation in that economy. And, and, and so they said, you know, we're going to lose this company unless we figure out a way to, to steal a disproportionate share of the tiny bit of demand that still exists for swimming pools. But we don't have any budget whatsoever. So what do we do about that? And they said, well, what if we just answered every question that everybody has ever asked us about swimming pools? What if we just did that? And nobody had a better idea. So that's what they did. They sat down and created a blog from scratch um, and they wrote 400 blog posts. Uh, nights and weekends. And each blog post answers a question that customers have actually asked in the previous few years. They now have more than a thousand posts. 
And it didn't just succeed, it wildly succeeded. So much so that River Pools now has more website traffic than any other swimming pool website in this country, including the manufacturers. Uh, revenue for the company up 12%. Mm. Uh, and overall marketing budget, uh, even in an economy that's still not terrific for swimming pools, marketing budget went from $250,000 a year uh, to $20,000 a year, because basically all <laughs> they, they, they decided that, look, here's what we're going to focus on. Uh, we are going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, the best teachers about swimming pools in the world. And, and in every industry, somebody will be the best teacher. And that company will succeed over time because they are giving away knowledge that, that customers want. And then Marcus, as I understand, has handed off the day-to-day to, -day to uh, other folks, and he's consulting yeah. full-time because he's so good at it. Very much so, yeah. He goes by the handle yeah. the, the Sales Lion yeah. uh, and is a terrific speaker, and his blog, thesaleslion.com, is a, is a must-read in my estimation, uh, and also one of the nicest people you will literally ever meet. Well, what would you say to someone who argues that the principles and success stories found in utility, like river pools and spas, uh, can't be duplicated in their industry? Well, I'd say that those people probably haven't read the book all the way, uh, because I went to great lengths uh, in this book to include case studies of companies that really do run the spectrum. Uh, big companies, small companies, business to consumer companies, business to business companies. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It is... Um, it really is a uh, a grab bag of company circumstances, and and so if you're like ah, I can't really see us doing that, you, you may be a little short on uh, on imagination. I read your uh, recent interview online at marketingprofs.com with Ann Hanley. You did a, a few days ago, and I thought it was very interesting that uh, a number of the companies that you cited who were who were doing the the things you describe in utility uh, were doing it through an app, uh, Clorox's uh, MyStain app or Vanderbilt Medical Center's Coach Smart app. Uh, is creating a utility as simple for for some companies as creating a helpful app in your in your estimation? That's a great question, Jeff. I uh, no, it, because it's not about when you, when you think about utility, which I define in the book uh, as as marketing so useful people would pay for it. It's not about the execution of that or or the conveyance of that. There's right. a lot of different ways that that you can deliver on that promise. Apps are certainly one way to do that, uh, and I think the best apps are in fact the most useful apps. Um, I talk in the book a little bit about the appification uh, of the internet. And uh, I'm a big believer that that apps are the future. Uh, and, and I will quote uh, George Colony from Forrester, who has said that he believes that, that websites will be the AM radio of the internet. And, and, and I don't disagree. I, I think we will have more of a collection of apps and that companies will have several apps, each doing one important task, as opposed to what we force consumers to do now, which is go to a website that has to achieve eight or 10 different objectives and, and typically none of them very well. I would also say that of all the different ways that you could create a utility, an app is perhaps the most complex and the most um, expensive. So mm. so I, I, I generally wouldn't recommend starting there, uh, but there are a number of good app examples uh, in the book yeah. for sure. Strategy first, tactic second, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In my experience, a lot of leaders and marketers and business owners struggle with uh, this idea of giving uh, so much of their knowledge away and are unable to see the larger picture. An exception to that in the book is, is Geek Squad. Uh, would you say that in today's climate, companies have no choice but to give away at least some of their knowledge and expertise? I would say that. Um, you, know, you have to recognize that if anybody in your industry begins to 
uh, win the war of information. If you're not playing that game, you're at a huge disadvantage. And and this idea of, oh, well, you know, we can't tell them how we actually do it because then they won't hire us. That's the typical professional services right. story, right? So, you know, if you're a, a marketing consultant or a lawyer or a accountant or whatever, well, we can't tell them exactly what we know on our blog because then they won't hire us. And I hear that all the time. But here's here's the story. If the choice is read your blog and do it yourself or hire you, that's not a client you want, right? If that's, <laughs> if that's literally their decision tree, well, I could do this for free myself or I could hire these guys, that will not be a good client ever. So you might as well go ahead and educate them and let them uh, go on their way. Um, so he says, speaking as a 20-year consultant, um, <laughs> but down that road, uh, you know, it, it, information wants to be free now. Uh, everybody has high-speed internet access in the palm of their hands all the time with uh, smartphones and tablets, uh, and, and there is no secret sauce. And I say that um, partially because the the creators of the secret sauce uh, have said so. In Canada, McDonald's has this amazing program called Our Food, Your Questions, where Canadians can ask uh, on a special website any question at all about McDonald's, about their food. And tens of thousands of questions have been asked now. Millions of questions have been have been read. And in fact, people ask all the time on this website, hey, what's in the secret sauce? And they do it somewhat on a lark, uh, assuming that what McDonald's will say is, well, we can't tell you. Uh, it's, it's a secret or we'd have to kill you or something. Uh, but instead, they actually have a two and a half minute video from the McDonald's executive chef that shows you how to make secret sauce at home with the things that are already in your refrigerator. Literally, the secret sauce is no longer secret. So where, where, where do you get off in your business saying that you have some sort of amazing, amazing knowledge that cannot possibly be shared? Uh, can you describe some of the ways uh, consumer awareness has changed over the years and how this impacts how we do business? You laid this out in the book very, very well. Thanks. Well, it's just it's so different. I mean. I am deceptively youthful looking. It's the uh, it's the amazing uh, the, you know, the Twitter avatar you know sheds ten years. Uh, I remember when I first started in marketing. Actually, not even when I first started, not that long ago. I remember a day when media buyer was the easiest job in marketing. Because you had in any in any city, any region, you had three TV stations or four, uh, you know, six or seven or eight radio stations, many of them owned by the same group, uh, maybe two newspapers, a, a, an afternoon and an evening. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Right. So you dealt with those handful of people and then you played golf. It was a good gig. <laughs> and now media buyer is the hardest job in marketing because everything is media. Everything is media. And and so the the places that you are competing for. Um, for attention as a company are just, it's unbelievable. I mean, we compete against everything now. It's not about, hey, are you better at marketing than the guys that sell the same stuff as you? It's about, are you more interesting to me than my own wife? <laughs> because you are, are competing for my attention using the same platforms and the same techniques that, Jeff, you and I are using to communicate with one another and our actual friends and family members. Jeff, if you, look at your, if you look at your Facebook feed, you look at your Twitter feed, your Pinterest, your Instagram, even your email inbox, what you'll see is a combination of personal and professional relationships, right? You look in that yeah. stream and, and it's something like friend, company, wife, company, friend, company, right? It's, it's a combination. And it doesn't exist the other way, right? My wife 
wife isn't buying radio time to get my attention, <laughs> right? And my friends are not buying print ads to make sure I know what time we're going to watch the football game. But yet companies are having to use these same venues, right? They're competing line by line and pixel for pixel for our attention against us. You're competing against your own customers for attention. And, and, and so if that's the game, uh, and it is, the only way to succeed in that environment, in my estimation, is to be useful. Because you can't shout loud enough. It, it, the, the avalanche of information is too powerful to, to wrestle it to the ground with, uh, with even more coupons. I like this uh, phrase you've coined. We go from top of mind, frame of mind, and as you say in the book, friend of mind kind of awareness. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we, we've obviously have done top of mind awareness forever. Uh, frame of mind awareness is, is sort of what I call search marketing or inbound marketing, which I'm a big proponent of. I've have done that for many years and, and uh, you know, certainly appreciate the, the need to be ranked in search engines and things like that. But especially for small businesses, Jeff, I, I fear that sometimes they take that too much as gospel. I mean, I've literally heard smart people say, well, you know, we have uh, number one Google rankings for this search term and this other one and this other one over here. Therefore, we don't really need to worry too much about marketing. That scares me uh, <laughs> because search engines are great and inbound marketing or frame of mind awareness, as I call it in the book, is great. But it doesn't create demand. It just fulfills demand, right? Nobody goes to Google and says, hey, Google, um, I want to buy something. I don't really care what. Just surprise me. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. by the time you search, by the time you actually go to search, you're already half sold, right? You know yeah. what you want. You're trying to, you're just looking for finalists at that point. So this, uh, this notion that you just have to be good at search uh, really robs you of growth opportunities because search doesn't introduce anybody to your products and services. So... You have to have both, and, and I think uh, part of what you have to have is is uh, is utility, is that friend of mine awareness that that if you are useful as a business, then your customers and prospective customers will keep you close the same way that they keep their friends and family members close, because hopefully your your friends are useful. Well, actually, some of them for sure. Some of them, are, some of them definitely are not useful, but some of your friends are useful. Uh, and imagine your useful friends, and if businesses can can act like those good friends, uh, then they'll have something. Well, I know we uh, we can only scratch the surface uh, a surface in the few minutes that we have here. But what are briefly the three facets of utility for those doing it right? You bet. Three types of utility. The first is uh, self-serve information. And we touched on this earlier that consumers want to research everything now, right? They, they, they want to see the sausage being made. They're hyper-researching everything. And there's a lot of trends uh, that power that. But uh, you, you just have to have more information, like what River Pools did. Uh, the second one is radical transparency, which is that notion of, look, there is no secret sauce. We're just going to tell you the story, similar to what we talked about in the McDonald's circumstance. Mm. Uh, and the third one is, is a real-time relevance. The notion that, look, you can't be useful 24 hours a day uh, to a particular person because that that person needs different things throughout the day or throughout the week or the month or the year. That utility is almost by definition circumstantial. Uh, so the idea is that you can be massively, massively useful in a particular context. And then when that context changes, you fade into the background and then customers will will uh, reinsert you into their lives when they need you. One of my favorite examples about that is, is Columbia Sportswear. And Columbia has an app you mentioned a moment ago uh, that shows you how to tie knots. It's called What Not to Do in the Greater Outdoors, K-N-O-T. It literally is an animated knot demo. Uh, so if you're hiking or hanging off a cliff face, that's a super useful app. Um, if you're recording a <laughs> podcast, like less so. I don't need any knot advice at this time. <laughs> 
but I might eventually, uh, and then I will know where to go. It, it is it is real time relevant. It is a utility in context. The other thing I love about that particular app, Jeff, is that Columbia Sportswear. I think you know, right? Their jackets and and outdoor gear and stuff. Columbia Sportswear doesn't sell rope, and what they have done is given themselves permission to make the story bigger. And that's a huge part of successful utility. Of all the things that you could conceivably create utility about, your products and services are perhaps the least interesting. <laughs> Always, right? Always. Right, right. So these guys have said, well, look, yeah, we could make an app about our, you can make a jacket finder app, for example, right? That's obvious, but not very interesting. <laughs> right. What they've done is found a way to get involved in their customers' lives, the not app, um, that transcends the transactional, right? It's, it's marketing sideways. It'll allows you to build relationships uh, off of the obvious playbook. And, and I think that's a really, uh, a really good approach. Being useful isn't necessarily defined by including a loyalty coupon in your app, let's say. Right, right, because it's not <laughs> useful, right? Right. Um, you know, and that's why I talk about that, that, that notion of transcending the transactional, that, that you know, if, it, if you're asking for the sale right now, it's probably not a utility. Yeah. Well, Jay goes on in the book to talk about the six blueprints to create utility, uh, and I highly suggest and recommend you buy the book. Uh, so we're gonna gonna leave it there as far as the book is concerned, because we want them, uh, you know, we want to leave them wanting more. Well, right, wanting more. Well done, Jeff. <laughs> Actually, I should tell you though that if people want an excerpt uh, of the book, there's a juicy excerpt that you can get for free uh, on the book website on utilitybook.com, and it's uh, I don't know, fifteen or twenty pages of some pretty good stuff. So if you're like, I don't know if I want to spend sixteen bucks on this, uh, you can read those uh, fifteen or twenty pages and. and make that decision for yourself. Well, I want to move on to the leadership, wisdom, and experience uh, section of our conversation. Oh, this will be a short one. <laughs> a series of questions I'm going to begin asking uh, every guest. I've asked previous guests uh, these questions in one form or another, but I'd, I'd like to ask, uh, first of all, I have several apps that I rely on to stay productive and organized and they help me grow and stretch as a leader. Uh, Stitcher and Audible help with that a great deal. I enjoy Evernote and Dropbox for productivity and organization, but what about you? Do you have a favorite app that you just can't live without? Probably my favorite app, just because of the nature of my work, is Buffer. Uh, I'm actually also an investor in that company, I should say. And, and Buffer, um, which is bufferapp.com, allows you to download a little browser plugin. It also has a mobile device uh, version. And when you find content that you want to share with your audiences on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., cetera, uh, you just click one button and it will share that. You set up what times you want that sharing to occur. Uh, and, it, and it fills those times with content that you indicate almost sort of in a time release capsule uh, concept. So every morning, uh, I get up and I look at dozens and dozens and dozens of blogs and email summaries and other things, websites, and, and kind of find my list of things that I think are important today about digital marketing, social media, and content marketing. Uh, and then I click that buffer button, you know, 10 times, and then I am I am good for a while. Like, then, I, then I'm done for the day in terms of content curation. Obviously, I dip into Twitter and other places mm. throughout the day to, to uh, answer questions and thank people and along those lines. But in terms of the content sharing circumstance, uh, I can do that uh, in one sitting in the morning, uh, and I'm good to go. You know, I, I'm ashamed to admit, embarrassed to admit, that I was late to the party on Buffer, but I use it now every day and love it. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. As an investor, thank you for your support, Jeff. I appreciate that very much. Tell your friends. And since speaking of diving in and answering questions, I want to point out that how impressed I was when I uh, made the request of you for this interview. I think on the day your book released, in fact, I didn't expect to hear from you for days, but I think you responded in like six or seven minutes. I was very surprised. 
Thank you. Uh, it's nice to hear that. Let me tell you a, a little story. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, I have been in professional services a long time. I've, I've run a lot of agencies. I've always sort of been on the side of professional services uh, where, where you're not necessarily at the bleeding edge, but certainly a leading edge in digital and, and those kind of things. And I'll tell you what, um, there is an inverse relationship between uh, sort of leading edge and responsiveness, right? The, the mm. smarter, cooler the company is, the less good they tend to be at answering their phone and getting back to people. Yeah. And I've never played that game. When, when, I had a, um, when I had agencies where we actually had an office, we're all virtual now, it's a little different circumstance, but, but in the old days when we actually had a building and I saw people every day, uh, you know, our, our rule was, look, we get back to everybody within an hour, period. Mm. Uh, and, and I still sort of try to live that principle. It's a little harder when I'm on planes as much as I am now, but, yeah. uh, speed wins, Jeff. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. fundamentally it. Even, you know, I, the other thing I do a lot, I get a lot of speaking uh, opportunities, which is fantastic. And, you know, meeting planners will, will send me an email, you know, Hey, are you available on this date? And, and I get back to them in 30 seconds and they can't believe it. And, uh, <laughs> the, you know, they say that sometimes speakers won't get back to them for a week. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. <laughs> It's, but you do have to train yourself to, to always be checking. It, it is not very good. That kind of approach to responsiveness yeah. is not great for time on task, right? And you, of course, Tim Ferriss and other people will say, look, turn off your email and only look at your email twice a day and do it in batches. And I understand that concept uh, and I appreciate it, but that's not me. Like I am, I literally have my nose in email. Like I'm actually literally, I'm not making this up and no offense to you. I've checked my email three times since we've been talking on my phone. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. And you know, it was, it was a lesson to me because I thought, well, gosh, if, if Jay Bear can answer my email in six minutes, what, what's my excuse? <laughs> <laughs> I was at an event the other day with a client and, uh, that exact thing happened. She, her boss, who's the CEO, of this company uh, tends to not get back to her and she's the marketing director very quickly and she's like hey Jay gets back to me really quick even from the airport so what's your problem like look I don't want to get in the middle of this I you know. well Jay uh, what would you say is the single most important leadership lesson you've ever learned uh, I'm going to give you two. Okay. I'm, I'm going to uh, be self-indulgent in that way um, <laughs> because one is one is generally true and the other one is true for professional services. Uh, on the generally true side, I'm, I'm literally looking at this right now in my office. I have a plaque that's right at eye level that says, remember, some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue. <laughs> Sometimes you're the windshield, other times you're the bug. That's right. Uh, and, and I think and I think that is a very important lesson for leadership because what people really want from a leader, they want a lot of things. But one thing they want is steadiness. And I have worked for leaders who don't have steadiness, who who are over the moon about the smallest piece of good news and then in the pit of despair about the smallest piece of bad news. And it is very, very difficult to work in that environment. And so the, the, the reason that I, on my bio, say that I'm the hype-free uh, sort of consultant is that I really do try and keep a, an even keel and a level head about all these kind of things. So that advice I, uh, has served me well. Uh, you reminded me of a lot of the folks I've dealt with in radio when ratings come out. <laughs> Well, and what I love about radio, I used to work in television and the same kind of thing with the numbers, right, is, is uh, you know, depending on how the book looks, you, you get the research person in the company like, okay, find the demographic that we lead in, right? So, well, amongst uh, 12 to 16-year-old left-handed vampires, we are, number, we are number one, right? You know, needs to you know, make a print ad about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, the second one I will tell you, and I learned this, it was almost my first day uh, working in professional services as an intern, 
my boss called me in and said, uh, I want you to have an understanding of what it is that, that we do. And it was a, a public relations and public affairs firm. He said, look, we give our clients our best possible advice. But at the end of the day, whether they choose to accept that advice is on them. Mm. And as a consultant, that has really, really served me well because it can be frustrating, right? You, you, you give people ideas and you tell them what's wrong with their business and you give them a, a path to redemption uh, and then it doesn't get implemented or it gets implemented incorrectly. Uh, and, and I know a lot of consultants are really, really um, annoyed by that or get, get bothered by it. Yeah. Uh, but I was fortunately kind of set straight at a very early age, like 17, uh, about how, you know, well, look, you know, it's their money. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's their call. And, and that can be frustrating, but you have to keep that in mind. Final question, Jay, the read to lead podcast is uh, predicated on the notion that reading intentional and consistent reading is key to success in business and in life. So name for us a book or two from the recent past besides one of your own that has made the greatest impression on you and why? Great question. I will give you two. Um, one is more on the personal side, and it is from my friend Dory Clark. Uh, and the book is called Reinventing You. And it's a, it's a terrific read, especially for, for people who uh, sort of see this social media thing unfolding around them, and they kind of feel like the old dog who needs to be taught a new trick. It's about kind of re-careering and, and kind of changing your personal brand uh, in, in this very modern age. It's a terrific read, and, and she's very, very smart and a great writer. The second one that had a, a big impact on me um, is called Different, and it's by Youngmi Moon, and she's the chair of the Harvard Business School. Uh, and it's about companies that succeed in different categories by completely flying in the face of, of what that category is expected to be. Um, it's a really, really interesting read, a, a short um, kind of breezy business book uh, with kind of a different tonality to it. Uh, didn't get a, as much acclaim as I believe it should. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of that book called Different. Well, for those that may not know, Jay hosts his own podcast, the Social Pros Podcast. Uh, that is a weekly podcast. Is that right? That's right. We typically uh, record every Monday. We release every Friday. Today's episode just came up. Um, we interviewed uh, Janice Person, who's the uh, head of social media for Monsanto. So each week we we chat with somebody who's the senior social media or uh, content person for for major brands and kind of get the the blow by blow, the inside scoop of uh, of what that company is doing uh, in the social media uh, environment. Well, before we uh, let you go, Jay, uh, share with us again where we can find you online, how others might connect with you, maybe on Twitter, et cetera, and any projects uh, you may have coming up that you want others to know about. Thanks so much. Uh, the book website, as I mentioned, is utilitybook.com. There's a free excerpt there. There's videos. There's bonus materials. Also, Jeff, I'm happy to announce uh, for the very first time, the very first time, I just got the email as we were, uh, <laughs> as we were, as I said, uh, and the book will debut tomorrow at uh, number three on the New York Times bestseller awesome. list. So I'm excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Very excited <laughs> about that. So that is the, all, the first announcement. There you go, Jeff. Um, <laughs> So that's cool. Thank you to everybody for your support of Utility. Um, the Social Pros podcast, my daily email, which comes out called The One Thing, which is the one story you need to read per day about social media, etc. Uh, and of course, our blog, Convince and Convert. All of that stuff can be found at convinceandconvert.com. Uh, Jay, you're awesome. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with new New York Times bestselling author Jay Bear. If you have any comments you'd like to share with us, you can go to readtheleadpodcast.com slash 005 and leave your comments. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. Any of the resources we talked about will be linked there. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 005 for episode 5. Would you consider sending Jay a quick note on Twitter to let him know what you thought about today's conversation? Jay's Twitter handle is simply his first and last name, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R. That's J-A-Y-B-A-E-R, at Jay Bear on Twitter. I'm sure he would love to hear from you and get your thoughts on today's episode. Well, finally, I want to thank those who rated the podcast five stars in iTunes since our last episode. Ryan Parker at KillerFood.me, thanks very much. Also, Dan Gross, Matt Hollowell, Mike Bush, Mel Tunney. Alan from SuccessfulPassions.com, Jill Morris, Jared Easley from the Star of the Doubts podcast, Paul Vandermill, and Ron Lauterbach. Well, next time on the show, it's another conversation centered around marketing, hope that's okay, and with another New York Times best-selling author. Jonah Berger, marketing professor of the Wharton Business School, will be with us, and he'll talk with us about his new book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. That's next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.